You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of our podcast content on our Facebook page where you can like us, you can review us, you can rate us. You can be a part of our community, the community that we have built into one of the most robust communities on the Locked On Podcast Network. And anytime you want to be a part of that community, you want to bring your opinions to us. We had a show yesterday that was basically dedicated to those opinions, a little bit of a cathartic moment for Packers Nation. I wanted to give you that. I wanted to bring you that because that is part of, you know, that's part of, frankly, why talk radio has been as successful as it has for so long is the airing of grievances is an important part of being a fan. And if you want to air your grievances or you want to tell everyone to R-E-L-A-X, you can do that at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. And we're going to have our crossover Wednesday show. Brian Peacock, who does an excellent job with Locked On 49ers, uh, is on the show today to talk about a really sorry San Francisco 49ers team. Not just because it was a, a poorly constructed roster coming into the season, but now they're without key players up and down the roster, especially on offense. No starting quarterback, no starting running back, no starting number one receiver. And if Green Bay doesn't beat this team by 20, I think we'll have our answer as to the direction of this team. And we're going to get to Brian, and I don't want to waste a lot of time in the interim, in part because the Packers have taken the early part of this week as a a focus on mental preparation. And I think that's really smart. Now, I think there are some, some questions about practice reps, and especially if Geronimo Allison and or Randall Cobb are not going to be a part of this offense this week, um, it would be good to have Aaron Rodgers practicing with these young receivers. I think there's no question that his inability to practice has impeded his progress with these young players and with this offense. And, uh, you know, I, I had a conversation with Doug Farrar, and, and we're going to talk to him on Friday. We we chatted, and he and I go way back. We're former colleagues at SI, and, and he wrote a great book um, that, that you should all go out, The Genius of Innovation, about the modern history of the, the progress through offensive scheme in particular. And Green Bay's offensive scheme has been a, a question. And one of the things that, that he told me is these things take time. And system changes like what Green Bay made in the offseason – I got a lot of comments from a lot of people, a lot of tweets, a lot of texts, a lot of you hitting up the Locked On Packers fan hotline to say nothing has changed in the offense. And the reality is that's not true. The offense has evolved, especially this season, and it's going to take time 
because the West Coast offense, which is what this this offense is predicated on, takes time because it is a timing offense. And so when you put three rookie receivers out there, they're not going to be on the same page. And Aaron Rodgers, because he's not able to practice, is not going to be on the same page. He can come back in 2011 off a lockout with no practice time and still crush because Aaron Rodgers had played with Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and James Jones and all these guys. It took Randall Cobb some time to get acculturated into that offense. This offense could also take some time. But when Aaron is playing on schedule and playing on time, the offense has been very good. And he's done that in the second half of three games this season. Done it in the first half of one game this season. Aaron Rodgers, the numbers still look pretty solid. And I tweeted this yesterday. They're they're not too far from his career averages. Just below his career averages in just about every category. Although his his interception percentage is, is below his career average. Um he's not played to his full potential. If he does, this team can still be really good. And I want to address, before we get to Brian, I want to address a really important factor in all of this because I've gotten, frankly, too many tweets about the construction of this team and and hits to the Locked On Packers fan hotline. I got a, I I mean, I, I just told you, if you want me to play your voicemail, don't leave a three-minute voicemail. And then, like, two days later, I get this lengthy... I mean, I'm surprised the voicemail didn't cut him off about the inability of this team to go out and make the the, the swings necessary to make this team better. And, and my first thought was, he mentioned the Patriots. Uh, what did the Patriots do in the offseason to get a lot better? Nothing. And what did the Eagles do in the offseason to get a lot better? And when you look at what Green Bay did this offseason, Jimmy Graham is probably the offensive equivalent to Michael Bennett. And they added Tremont Williams. And they added Mercedes Lewis. It's not Brian Gudikin's fault that Mike McCarthy refuses to play him. And they added Muhammad Wilkerson. And they added in a trade Antonio Morrison for a cornerback they weren't planning to play. This offseason was marked by a much more aggressive approach by Brian Gudikins. And they made an effort to get Khalil Mack. They did. And so did the New York Jets. The Raiders decided, and this is based on reporting, but it seems pretty clear because there was no negotiation. There is no reporting that suggests there was any negotiation between the Oakland Raiders and either the Jets or the Packers with the draft picks that were on the table. There was no, well, this is what the Bears are offering. Will you you beat it? And that is on the Raiders, not the Packers or the Jets, for not beating that offer. The Packers and Jets can't possibly know what the Bears are offering if the Jets don't tell them. This is not Madden. This is not your fantasy league. The idea that Brian Gutekinds did not depart greatly from the Ted Thompson method and from everything that he did and stood for with this organization, the draft and develop method, that's just outright garbage. It's it's bull. It's not true. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of reality. It is a cynical take for cynicism's sake. And if that's what how you want to live your life, that's great. And that's your choice. There was a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth after the Seahawks went out and signed a bunch of guys and went and won a Super Bowl. By the way, how many did they win? And the, and the Broncos went out and signed a bunch of guys 
And this was changing the NFL, revolutionizing the NFL. They won one Super Bowl. And now we're a disaster. The Seahawks are now a disaster. The Eagles last year made a bunch of aggressive moves. This isn't a Super Bowl team. They're not. They went all in for one season. It is not faulty team building to build both for the present and the future. And it's almost as if Green Bay didn't already win a Super Bowl like this and hasn't been to to two other NFC title games and didn't go 15-1. and Winning in the NFL is really hard. It's really hard. Don't let the Patriots fool you. It's really hard. And there's a lot of takes, oh, the Packers are, are wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime. I think Ted Thompson failed in his approach to this team over the last few years because he made bad picks, not because he had a fundamentally flawed approach. Though I do think on the margins, the Tremont Williamses, those signings are out there. The Antonio Morrison trades, those trades are out there to be made. Draft and develop is not a flawed structure. It's not a flawed scheme. It's how the Ravens won a title. It's how the Patriots won three titles. It's it's really how the Seahawks won their first one and nearly won a second one. It wasn't the free agent pickups that pushed them over the top. It was a historically great draft. It was picking Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman. And you look at Green Bay's draft last year, Jair Alexander is a really good player. Josh Jackson is going to be a really good player. Kevin King can still be a really good player. These guys need to just stay on the field and play. And that, more than anything, is what makes you a good team. This roster is not without flaws, but it is not a failure of imagination from this front office. It is not simply saying, oh, well, we're just okay being okay. We had this whole conversation in the offseason. Does anyone truly believe that Ted Thompson didn't want to win football games? That they were just okay cashing checks? Give me a break. That's not how pro sports works in most cases. It's not how Ted Thompson works. It's not how Mike McCarthy works. It's not how Brian Gutekinds works. And it damn sure isn't how Aaron Rodgers works. So if you want to be cynical for cynicism's sake, go ahead. But you are not living in reality. And speaking of reality, if you think the Packers really are nine and a half points better than the San Francisco 49ers, why not put a little cash down and win even more at my bookie? Remember, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, which is why I tell you about mybookie.ag. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. They have live in-game betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. But right now, things are so crazy with MyBookie because it is such a popular new site that they want to pay you to sign up after 7 p.m. Eastern. If you sign up after 7 p.m., they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on a deposit over $100. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON25 and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. And if you deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll also give you an additional $25 in free play. That's the promo code LOCKEDON25 when you make that first deposit over $100, and MyBookie will also match that deposit up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. And if you want to go on Monday, 
to Packers 49ers. Apparently, ticket prices have fallen down. Brewers fever might be one of the reasons. If I sound a little bit hoarse, it's because I stayed up late Tuesday night watching Red Sox-Yankees in a thriller. Uh, baseball playoffs are really fun. If you're not a baseball fan, I understand, but the, the playoffs are really, really fun. And you, I bet there are Brewers tickets on Vivid Seats as well. You know why? Because they're the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in a particular section or row. And to make things even better, even easier, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for Locked On Packers listeners to receive an additional $20 off a purchase of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seeds has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seeds. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seeds help you get to your favorite live event. All right, let's get to Brian Peacock and the Locked On Packers, Locked On 49ers crossover Wednesday. He is also a Bay Area sports and traffic reporter for iHeartMedia. You can follow him on Twitter at BDPeacockLikeTheBird. He is the host of the Locked On 49ers podcast. And let's jump right in here, Brian. For the 49ers, they thought like they they should be beating dog teams like the Cardinals, assuming we all agree that that that's what they are. And I think we Mm -hmm. we do pretty much. Um, But this was a team that a year ago, even when they were losing games, they were fighting and they were in games and games were close. And they were, you know, they were taking the Seahawks to the wire um, and you, you weren't really sure how. For some reason, that didn't happen on Sunday. Is that is that a reflection of the talent on this team? Is it just, oh, well, we thought we were a playoff team, and now it's clear we're not, so there's a little bit of, of give up? I mean, what was what is your diagnosis of why this team, sans Jimmy Garoppolo, looks so much worse than even they did pre-Jimmy G last year? Well, they've, they've lost a lot of other guys. They've just been hit really hard with the injury bug, so that's part of it. I think maybe personnel-wise, I think the 49ers, once Jimmy Garoppolo showed up and they won those five games down the stretch, I think that masked some of the lack of talent the 49ers had, and maybe they overvalued their own guys, and uh, they thought they were a little bit better than they were personnel-wise coming into the season. So now it looks a lot like that 2017 team in 2018 now because guys have been dinged up. And, and a couple weeks ago when... Joe Staley got hurt. He was out of the game. Richard Sherman was out of the game. It was basically the 2017 49ers again. But two weeks ago, C.J. Beathard played okay, and the 49ers were kind of that team you described last year where they were in it and they were fighting, and Beathard's a really tough guy, but he just isn't quite talented enough to put a team on his back and win a football game. And then last week, you just saw them play like garbage across the board, and it was – Against a really bad team that if you can't win that game, then you have you have to look at the schedule and think, I don't know how you can pencil in any victories from here on out if you can't beat the Cardinals. And so that's where the 49ers are at right now. I think talent wise, they are not as good as they thought they were coming in. They've been hit with a ton of injuries 
and the team's just not progressing in year two under Kyle Shanahan's offense like they thought they were. And I think a lot of that is just moving pieces, quarterbacks coming in and out and sure. uh, wide receivers getting hurt. And it's crazy to think that an undrafted running back like Matt Breida makes such a huge difference. But when he left the game last week, there was not much the 49ers can do. And right now, one of their biggest weapons on offense, who's also out is Marquise Goodwin. And he stretches the field. He does a lot of things for the 49ers offense without those two guys. They just they, they can't move the ball and be a super productive team. And it's crazy to think that Marquise Goodwin and Matt Breida are players that your offense can't be without. But it, it looks like that's the case for the 49ers right now. Yeah, that that I I just was sad for you through that whole thing. That was <laughs> that was I I think and, I, and hopefully my listeners will uh, understand how incredibly lucky they are to be dealing with the problems they are. The problem is their all-world quarterback is playing like just a good quarterback and not the best quarterback in football. And when they don't have all their receivers, they still just have Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham and a backfield with three quality running backs. Like, these are the problems the Packers have, whereas the 49ers are a team that it seems like doesn't have an identity right now. And I, I guess I'm wondering, I was in full transparency, Brian, I was someone that thought that the, the preseason hype was a little much with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I just frankly didn't see the talent. And now with so many injuries, I really don't see the talent going into a game on Monday uh, with all of these injuries. Where is San Francisco good? Um, I think they're they potentially are very good as a run defending team with DeForest Buckner being probably their best player on defense right now. You've got young stud linebackers in Fred Warner and Reuben Foster. And so I think that's somewhere the 49ers are good. But the problem is they can't get off the field on third downs because aside from Richard Sherman and Richard Sherman's been vintage Richard Sherman, which has been mm-hmm. surprising. I mean, aside from the time he's been out with injury, even coming back from that and his Achilles and his calf, I mean, the teams aren't throwing at him. And when they are, uh, I think he, I think I saw in pro football focus this week that he's got the lowest quarterback rating when targeted in the NFL right now. So Richard Sherman has been Richard Sherman. It's on the other side with the 49ers six snaps per completion. That's like, basically he's allowed a completion every two games. It's insane. Yeah, so he's he's not been a problem at all, but the 49ers can't generate a pass rush and opposing teams have been able to target the cornerback opposite of him. The 49ers have been banged up at safety. Um, and like you mentioned, the preseason hype with some of the players maybe underperforming both safeties, Jaquaski Tart and Adrian Colbert, who 49ers fans and I think the team really hoped were going to take off and be very good players and very good NFL starting caliber players. They've been banged up and not playing all that well when they were in there. And so uh, it's been a disaster aside from Richard Sherman in the secondary. So that that's the problem. But as a run defending team, they should be pretty good. The problem is once they get to third and 10, they can't get off the field. So what is the situation now with the offense? Because CJ Beathard comes in, you still have a very good offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan there just aren't a lot of players there. You would think that the scheme, I mean, he was in Kyle Shanahan's first year in San Francisco. They were able to to get plays um, out of players who are less than super talented. I don't I don't know that Matt Breda is that good. I just know that Kyle Shanahan makes running backs in his offense look really good. Uh, I, I'm just wondering how much you think they can manufacture given the, the 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 offensive skill talent or lack thereof they have moving forward you would think offensively that Kyle Shanahan would be able to scheme up some stuff and get guys free 
even without you know high level talent but that's just not really been the case even when Jimmy Garoppolo was playing that wasn't really the case right and yeah the passing offense sputtered out of the gate even with Jimmy Garoppolo in there and has gotten worse under CJ Beathard last week and holding on to the ball <laughs> right yeah and it looked like and actually his uh, CJ's first start it wasn't as bad and, and and some and it was sort of like some people were like okay maybe he's progressed this year because the the passing offense wasn't great coming out of the gate anyway and CJ looked okay and was competitive and then the next week it fell apart and it looks like guys aren't getting open, and when guys aren't open, C.J. Beathard's holding the ball too long. He's not checking down. He doesn't have a lot of pocket movement and pocket presence. So uh, two strip sacks and two interceptions last week. The 49ers had five turnovers. Um, and Matt Breida is just a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense, and the the run game has mm-hmm. been improved this year, and I think that was a big part of why the 49ers targeted Mike McGlinchey in the draft, and he's been a solid at right tackle, and he was an upgrade as a run blocker. He's very good there, and the 49ers have been able to run the ball, uh, especially with Matt Breida, haven't been as strong with Alfred Morris running the ball, but now that Breed is going to be out at least this week with his ankle sprain, and he's just a guy who can't carry the load. He's a small change of pace sort of running back, even though he leads the NFL in yards per carry at seven and a half yards per carry. You just can't give him the ball 20 times because that's the way he's built. But um, it hasn't been as good with Alfred Morris. I think it can be a capable, you know, it's, you know, four yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing with Alfred Morris in there. But then if you have no threat of throwing the ball, then, you know, teams aren't going to be worried about it. And C.J. Beathard is not going to put the team on his back. So really, when you look at this game, you don't see a a path to victory for the 49ers unless they flip that script of turnovers and the ball bounces their way and they get some big plays to happen. And someone like Marquise Goodwin's able to go and they can hit some deep balls because that's if they don't have that, uh, you really can't see where the 49ers offense can thrive. Even if they can run the ball a little bit, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Packers with their past defense. We'll get back to Brian in just a second, but I want to remind you about our newest sponsor, Lokai. You saw on Sunday the Packers rocking those little green and gold bracelets, and you liked it. I know you did, and you want them, and you should. They look great. I have, actually, I have two of them, and I forgot to wear mine on Sunday, and I'm telling you it's the reason the Packers lost. So get yours and start your own game day tradition. And here's the thing. It's more than just about showing your team spirit. Loci bracelets have water. From Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. This is not a joke. This is not a gimmick. This is serious. The point is to give you a daily reminder to keep balance in your life between the highs and the lows. I understand if you're not a big bracelet person, but check them out. Go look at how good all the Packers players look in theirs. You could look just as good. And the thing is, you'll look even better because you won't have to pay full price just because you listen to this show. Lokai is giving an exclusive offer to my listeners for 25% off the whole game day collection. This is the best deal you're going to get. Use the promo code PACKERS25 when checking out and you will get 25% off. Go to lokai.com, L-O-K-A-I.com and use the promo code PACKERS25 to take advantage of of this amazing deal. And now back to Brian. Yeah, the spread is opened at nine and a half, and that line felt a little too high, especially after the Packers, you know, lose and, and they're down 24 nothing in the first half to Detroit. And then the more I thought about it, the more I, I thought, what would you have to make the line for people to take C.J. Beathard 
in Lambeau on Monday night with the the players around him. I mean, genuinely, I, I was trying to think of a roadmap for that to work out and, and for them to keep it, you know, in a touchdown or a field goal or whatever, six, seven points. I just I don't see it. It's tough. I and I think it's been as high as 11 at some sports books. I don't know if it went up and came back down because it got so high. But I agree. I don't know where the number would have to be for me to be confident betting on the 49ers to be within nine and a half, 10 points of the Packers on the road, Lambeau Field. Um, and I did say in on Tuesday's therapy session episode and not to pile on the 49ers, um, <laughs> I, I tried to look at reasons why. OK, well, look. Just when you think the Bills are the worst team in football, they come out and win a football game. Yeah. Just when you think the Cardinals Twice, are the worst really. team in football. Yeah, rookie quarterback on the road, Cardinals, worst team in football, right? Rookie quarterback, first road start, they're not going to win. They pull out a victory. So just when you think you think you know what's going on in the NFL, the, the league has a way of flipping things. And so w- now that we've talked about all this, the 49ers are going to go into Lambeau. They're going to pick off Aaron Rodgers. Or, or DeForest Buckner is going to fall on Aaron Rodgers. He's going to leave the game, and then they're going to pick off Deshaun Kaiser three times and and hit some big plays on offense and return a kick for a touchdown, whatever, and then blow the Packers out on the road. You know, and just because that's that's the nature of the NFL is you really can't you can't with one hundred percent confidence ever say, and that's why the line still at nine and a half. It's like, oh, gosh, because but but you can't also say, yeah, I can predict a 49ers victory. I can't even I, I'm not confident in going back to your original point. I'm not confident at 10 points saying, yeah, I could think I think the 49ers will definitely be within 10 points of the Packers. I didn't like any of that hypothetical situation you put together there. <laughs> that just that got dark. Um, <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I had to. I mean, you have to get creative sometimes. You do. Um, and, you, you truly do. Uh, so I guess real quick, so Packers favored by nine and a half predictions here. I think we both, I, I don't think any sane person can can predict the 49ers to go to Lambeau and say definitively they're going to go win that football game, right? But nine and a half, ten points, where do you think this, this game's going to end? I think this is one of those like 31-10 kind of games, if I'm being honest. Uh, yep. I, the offense is really close to breaking out, and I, I look at that secondary and I just... I don't see – I think Geronimo Allison is going to play in this game. Um, I, I don't think Randall Cobb is going to play in this game. But to just have Adams, Allison, Graham, and and the running backs, uh, I think that's enough. And I think this – I've been saying for two weeks that I think th- that the Packers needed a get-right game. And I thought that offensively they would have one last week. They were, they were close. This is the get-right game. And I think the offense finds its stride a little bit. And I, I think they hang 30 on San Francisco. Yeah, no, I don't think that's far off the mark. And even at nine and a half, I don't think I could take the 49ers to cover that. And I think it's one of those things where the 49ers might be able to keep it close for the first half. And then at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to do what Aaron Rodgers does and air it out and and beat the 49ers and um, and probably running away in the second half. And so that's that's probably what this thing looks like. So, yeah, I'm going to, you know, a couple of touchdowns. I think the, the Packers will have a nice, easy win. And I don't think Mike McCarthy or Mason Crosby, I think they'll have seats on the plane going back. <laughs> to, well, I guess they're not flying anywhere, but uh, they, yeah, they will. The they bus will ride still home. Be, yeah, they'll still have jobs on, on the bus ride home from Lambeau, I think, uh, after Monday night. For now. All right, Brian, this, this was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, we won't get to do it for the playoffs, but uh, – yeah, it was fun to do. 
Yeah, well, hopefully in the future we'll have some more of those great 90s Packers, 49ers, and and even the real quick Kaepernick era. That was, man, that playoff game, that Kaepernick game, that's that's one of the uh, all-timers for the 49ers and, and thinking about 49ers and big wins. Um, but hopefully, yeah, sometime in the future we'll have some more big NFC playoff matchups between the Niners and Packers. That would be great. Jimmy All G right. against Aaron Rodgers is is gonna is gonna drive ratings, so I have a feeling oh, we'll, we're gonna see it. Yeah, that will blow up absolutely. All right, Brian, take care. All right, thanks, Peter. All right, I want to thank Brian again for joining the show. Crossover Wednesday presented by my bookie. He is also the Bay Area sports and traffic reporter for iHeartMedia, the host of Locked On 49ers. Follow him on Twitter at BD Peacock. And this is a week for the Packers. To hopefully get back on track. I, I told Brian, you know, 30 to 10, 31, 10, 31, 14. That is what the Packers should be aiming for here. They should be blowing the doors off this 49ers team. There's no excuses. This team just has to play better if it has any aspirations. And as I said, Mike McCarthy's seat is getting warm. And so this team needs to be playing well heading into, into its bye. They need to get right over the bye and they need to. Frankly, they need to go steal one of these games on the road. I was looking at the schedule, and it is not insurmountable by any means. But you look at the schedule, they need to go 7-0-1 at home, which is imminently doable. They have the Dolphins at home. They've got the Lions at home, the Falcons at home. They've got winnable games at home. But then on the road, to get to 9-6-1, which is essentially 10 wins, I think that would be enough because 8-8, is going to be who wins the NFC East. There's only going to be one team over 500 in the NFC West. And I just don't think Tampa Bay and Atlanta can get to, to nine or 10 wins. And if they only get to nine, nine, six, and one is better than nine and seven. So seven, oh, and one at home means they only need to win two of the at Minnesota, at Seattle, at Chicago, at New York Jets, at LA, at New England group. I understand that's a difficult group. But they can beat Seattle on the road. That team is is kind of a mess. They can certainly beat Chicago on the road. They, they should beat the Jets on the road. And then just, just steal one. I mean, if they could win three, they're a lock. You go 7-0-1 at home, and they win three road games the rest of the way, they're a lock to make the playoffs. Ten wins, being 10-5-1, they're getting in. And they might win the NFC North. No one should think the Bears are an 11- or 12-win team. They're not. So... If, and if Green Bay beats them in Chicago, that all but seals it because they'll have swept the Bears. Same thing in Minnesota. You beat Minnesota in Minnesota. Those are the two games. Pick those two games. Beat the Jets in New York and then go beat Minnesota and Chicago and you're going to make the playoffs. That is what the season is right now. All right, Melissa Jacobs from the Football Girl is going to be here tomorrow to join the show. Doug Farrar on Friday. Anytime you want to hit up the show, you can do that by sending me a tweet at Peter underscore Bukowski, sending the podcast a tweet at Locked on Packers. You can do it on Facebook, leave a comment, or whatever it is. You can also hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 to let us know how you are staying Locked on Packers.